Hello and welcome to The Star Ingredient, a Euronews original podcast series that will immerse you in a forgotten world of flavours and possibly challenge some ideas you had about food on your plate. I'm your host, Takumbo Salako, and I'll be your companion on the culinary journey to meet communities and local chefs who are on a mission to revive their traditional ingredients, all while cooking delicious new recipes. Today's mini episode, we wanted to switch up our menu and give you some food for thought. Many people think African agriculture, the traditional systems are backward or primitive, but these are the systems which are feeding people in Africa. That's Edward Mukipi, the president of the global slow food movement that was created in Italy in 1989 as a response to concerns around the consumption of mass-produced food. Edward, who hails from Uganda, is the second president of the slow food movement after Carlo Petrini, who's something of a star in his native Italy. Many Italians might remember him campaigning against the opening of a McDonald's restaurant in Rome in the 1980s. Edward, who's in his early 30s, represents a new wave of energetic thinkers. In Uganda, I come from uh, this traditional uh, farming community. Uh, very close to Lake Victoria. We grow tropical crops mostly, including coffee, uh, cacao, uh, vegetables like uh, traditional African vegetables, but also the most important uh, uh, staple food for the central part of Uganda, which is banana. It's not only just uh, a, a crop which you eat, it's also a crop which is uh, close to our culture and traditions. Eddie's family's livelihood, like that of many low-income families from this region, was mostly derived from traditional mixed cropping on their small piece of land. My connection with food and agriculture starts back home when I was young and growing things, loving things uh, on the farm and going to, with my parents uh, to harvest, to plant, and also my mom teaching me how to cook. And as a child, this love of agriculture was put to good use in the school garden, where he ended up spending a lot of his time. In those days, his teachers used to dole out farming tasks as punishment for arriving late or speaking in the local language, Luganda, instead of English, two infractions of which Eddie was a repeat offender. But Eddie never thought of it as punishment, and instead he implored his teachers to encourage farming as an important activity – but his pleas fell on deaf ears. Still, the experience planted the seed in his head of finding a way to support and encourage small farmers and their work, which led him to study agriculture at the University of Makerere in the capital of Uganda. This experience came when I was a student at the university. I was invited to participate in this new project that was working on breeding a new maize hybrid maize variety and um, to promote it among the farmers because it was promoted as a drought-resistant crop which can withstand the terrible tropical conditions in Africa. Between 2004 and 2013, periods of drought affected close to 2.4 million people in Uganda and Eddie, the farmer himself, knew intimately the hardship they could cause and accepted the project. So I went to this project, I started working with the farmers to grow this maize, but also they had to buy the chemicals which come with this hybrid maize for you to get 
uh, what is being promised, you need to invest money in the uh, fertilizers, in the pesticides. We were confident with this maize we can have the magic bullet to solve this problem. But in, like in Swahili we say wapi, never it uh, helped the farmers. Six weeks after planting, as the maize was growing, Uganda was hit again by a serious drought. And this hybrid maize, supposedly designed to withstand these conditions, failed in the first instance. This time it even made the situation worse because farmers had uh, allocated a lot of land to this maize. Like many other hybrids and GMOs, it grows in a in monocrop. In Uganda we do traditional mixed farming where you put uh, plants together. So this only grew well in the monocultural systems. On a return visit to assess the progress of the project, Eddie was shocked at the scale of the damage. Some farmers had lost 100% of their crops. Just imagine if this happened on my parents' farm or on my family farm. So I saw this and I, in this emotional moment, even I could not open the conversation with the farmers. In the end, Eddie decided to quit the project. I said I can't be part of this problem anymore. I want to be part of the solution. So next time I went to meet the farmers, I went back to the community and I went to work with these farmers to talk about reviving our traditional farming system. And we started working together and say, let's try to rebuild our traditional systems based on diversity. Eddie committed himself to researching traditional African agricultural methods centred on local ecosystems, ones that respect biodiversity and the environment based on local inputs and resources. At first, it was a lonely mission. Going against such a project and also such the general narrative of education that agriculture has to be like this was not very easy. Most of the education we get, most of the advertisements you see, most of the policies are in this direction of in the industrial systems. So I used a lot of energy, but at one point you feel like giving up. After this experience in 2007, he began organising training sessions for small farmers and set up community and school gardens, eventually sharing his learnings online. This is how he discovered Slow Food. I came across Slow Food Foundation for Biodiversity and for me it was a very inspiring moment also to meet many people, to listen to uh, other people who are doing this and also to know that I'm not alone. Since then I'm a very strong and close participant in all Slow Food activities and a member of Slow Food. We have managed to build a strong Slow Food network in Africa which is grassroots based and also challenging a lot of uh, policies and working with uh, other institutions and organizations thinking in the, in the same ways. In Uganda, with Eddie's help, Slow Food formed and hosted the first national collaborative to advance agroecology and resilient food systems. The group is a coalition of 19 civil society organizations that lobby local governments and institutions on issues like climate change, food safety and food sovereignty. Slow Food is a network, it's a, it's a movement that brings people together. It's an idea that inspires us to think about our food traditions, our uh, gastronomy, our diversity, and appreciate this diversity in terms of food, in terms of our connection to nature. But the 
problem for Eddie and other agroecology advocates like him is translating this bright idea into practice. We started thinking together as leaders in Africa, but also as uh, leaders also in, uh, in other places, how do we encourage more African communities to appreciate our traditional farming systems, our biodiversity, our ingredients, our cuisine, uh, our gastronomy and food cultures? The answer would bring Eddie back to his roots again, to the school garden where he was banished as a school child. Only this time, the community garden would become a place of possibility instead of punishment. We uh, came up with the, um, the idea of supporting community and school gardens, which are not only providing vegetables uh, to the people, or fresh food to the people, but also a centre where we have a lot of learning experiences regarding cooking, regarding biodiversity, and also our right as African people to defend uh, our food sovereignty. So these are open spaces where people come and meet and talk about a lot of issues around food. There are now more than 3,600 school and community gardens in Africa run by Slow Food. The goal is to set up 10,000 in total. Over 470,000 people have been involved in projects, advocacy or training through these gardens. It's an achievement which Eddie is particularly proud of one he hopes will foster the next generation of agricultural leaders who know the value of sustainably producing fresh, healthy food and respecting the environment. I represent the new generation of farmers. I represent uh, the, new, uh, uh, um, the, the future of food, the future of agriculture, the young people. And when we talk about regeneration, we need uh, this kind of transition also, uh, the cross-pollination between the old and the new uh, um, leaders in the food systems. Now, having taken the reins of the global slow food movement from its founder, Carlo Petrini, Eddie is aware of the considerable challenges facing the global food system and the particular vulnerability of African countries to food insecurity. When we show the figures that since 2010, when we see a boom in the uh, large-scale agricultural investments in Africa, the price of food started going up. Africa is a very rich uh, continent where people uh, who live on the continent constantly lose access to these resources. When there are wars like the war in Ukraine, everybody was talking about the uh, effect of the blockage of wheat uh, on the African food security. We greatly depend on the global supply chains and this is also because of our past where we've suffered some of the worst consequences of colonialism and uh, where most of the policies were adopted to make Africa a, a production engine to feed the growing industrial revolution by then in, in, in Europe and other places. So we have all these challenges, but it's also important to realize that there are many initiatives, there are many grassroots projects and activities by the African people to build food security from within. But also there have been a lot of reflection on the diversity we have as local African grains to replace wheat, and these are still found in the local communities. They are still grown by the smallholder farmers. We need to support and work with the communities uh, which are truly uh, bringing food security on the continent.
The Star Ingredient is an original Euronews podcast series where we're travelling across Africa and Europe to meet chefs reviving forgotten local flavours. I'm your host, Kunbo Salako, and this series is written and produced by my colleagues Ashling Nikulan, Naira Davlashian and Marta Rodriguez-Martinez. The theme music is by Andy Rubini. Our consulting editor is Catalina Mai, and our solutions journalism mentor is Michel Foix. Our editor-in-chief is Patrick Heri. Our sound mixer is Hugo Poyar. To learn more about Edward Mukibi's work, follow him on Twitter at Eddie Mukibi. A special thanks to the Slow Food Movement and Terra Madre Festival for its contribution to this episode. You can listen to The Star Ingredient on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating, comment, and tell your friends. If you want our team to read your comments on social media, use the hashtag TheStarIngredient. The Star Ingredient podcast was funded by the European Journalism Centre through the Solutions Journalism Accelerator. This fund is supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Thank you.